0: Crack is back, ladies and gentlemen. What a UFC pay-per-view this weekend. My God. UFC 290 is, is definitely going to be the card of the year, I feel. Absolutely crazy. We went live immediately on The Ringer afterwards, um, The Ringer MMA show. So if you want to check out every, everything we had to say about that, please go over there. That's up on the feed right now. Me, Ariel, Chuck, and TST giving our thoughts on an incredibly eventful night for MMA wild i can't believe drickis duplessis won that fight i can't believe it even though solid was on here telling us people are going to underestimate him crazy um as far as european mma pfl their second european show in berlin this week and look these guys are killing it it's so good i can't believe how good it is you know we've seen a lot of people try to come in here and do things in europe but it's a long time since someone did it as good as this. A newcomer just coming in and looking this good after two events. It's, it's, it's so impressive. It was a great night of success for Irish MMA, of course. Dylan, too, looked unbelievable. Uh, dominates round two and three against Conor Hughes, the previously undefeated Liverpoolian. We had Lewis McGrillen, of course. What a performance from Lewis McGrillen. What a beautiful KO. Jesus, just a picture-perfect punch, man. He's so excited to watch. John Mitchell. He had a good uh, decision win. And uh, Franz Malambo, of course, as well. Just uh, just a fantastic showing. Franz looks more comfortable in the cage than he, he ever has. And he's always been really slick. So it's great to see him. It's great to see guys getting these opportunities. Interesting to see now if Mitchell and Duke will get through the next round and end up fighting in the final in, in Dublin. That would be huge for the PFL, I think. So impressed by the card, though. Honestly, Andreas Binder as well deserves a shout-out massive win over aiden lee former bellator guy team renegade like I, I am really impressed by lee to be honest um i think he's very very talented so to stop him is a huge one for andreas so he'll add his name to that list of Irish for trying to get in the ufc he's sbg as well i mean i think it would have been greatly beneficial to these guys if conor mcgregor fought this year and dana white saying he will so who knows so the the guest for today's show. Is Mick Parkin, undefeated uh, UK fighter who is making his UFC debut on the UFC London card on July twenty second. He's also in that uh, that group of lads, the group of heavyweights that Andy Astman has put together. So you would have heard Andy speaking about this before. You would have heard you would have heard Tom speaking about, it, of course, on, on the show previously, and now you're going to hear Mick, who is was one of the guys in that team. It's crazy. He told me that he attended the last two, um, well, not the last two, the last, the last two were Aspinall headline him. He attended them as a fan, and now he's making his debut. Like even it's crazy because when you think about, it, we we talked to Nathaniel Wood, and Nathaniel Wood was like, I just always wanted to fight in the UFC London card. That was my big thing, you know, when he was coming up through the ranks. And now yeah, here's a guy just first fight in the UFC. It's UFC London. Of course, we'll also have Sean O'Bannon on that card as well. I'm looking to speak to Paddy Houlihan. Next week, a legend of the Irish scene. Obviously, he is Sean as coach, the first guy from Ireland to coach and fight in the UFC. Pretty cool. Great lad. So um, let's send it over to Mick Parkin and myself now, and I'll be back to wrap this baby up. I am delighted to be joined by the latest UK fighter to be signed by the UFC. He is making his debut on July 22nd against Jamal Pogues. It is none other than the undefeated Mick Parkin. Mick, how's it going, mate? How are you?
1: Good. Thanks for having us. Good.
0: I'm, I'm delighted to speak to you because, um, you know, this UK this UK scene is buzzing at the moment. Like this, as I've been saying, this is the golden era of the sport in the UK, and now we have a, a new face in the ranks. Um, I obviously saw your contender series fight, and now obviously you're on this UFC London card. But but tell me. Am I right in saying that you you started training with Andrew Fisher, MMA legend Andrew Fisher, is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's what I train now, yeah.
0: Th- this is where you train now and you're also a member of this uh this assembly of giants that uh, Tom <laughs> Aspinall's put together for this camp if I'm, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, I will train them quite a bit as well, especially in camps at least once twice a week.
0: Well, wow, well, wow, that's great. Um I guess uh, the it's meant to be very difficult to be a guy in your weight division coming from the UK and coming from Europe because obviously there's just not that many guys this size that are training and competing. Has it been tough to, to reach this moment? I know a lot of people will look at it and go, ah, oh, six and oh, you know, he, he hasn't seen a lot, but I know for a fact that low heavyweights, heavyweights, even middleweights can struggle to get opponents for a long time in the early stages of their career.
1: Yeah, so for the train aspect, I think you're lucky to get big guys anywhere in the world, not just the UK. There's like few and far between. Even these big gyms have only got sometimes two or three if they're lucky. Um I'm really lucky that I've got Phil DeVries in the and in the gym I train at. So I've got him like every day with his training. Uh so obviously he's a giant as well. So look, we've got two high-level people like fighting on big shows and that now to train together. Uh and then obviously Tom's got about six or seven big guys I travel down there. Uh so in campus, me and Phil tr- travel down there, do like a Monday and Tuesday or a Tuesday, Wednesday, do two days down there for hard training. And then it will be us campus up at TFT. But uh, yeah, I'm six and I was a pro and it definitely was hard to get matched. Uh, I mean, it was a little bit easier, I think. I had a few and then pro, I think I started, people start thinking I was half decent. So it was hard to get matches. So like... Obviously, I had more, and had a lot of pull and a lot of short replacement fighters who the records weren't great. Then obviously, lockdown happened. I think I managed to get one fight in lockdown, Cage Steel, again against like a journeyman, and then I was four, four and all. Oh. Managed to get another one on there, Rising Congo, and I was five and all. Oh. And then I got approached by Paul Craig's coach at the time uh, to go on the Contender Series at heavyweight. So that's how that came about, uh, training through with Paul up Scotland, and then. They approached us, though the other guy was five and oh, I think, so it was a pretty fair matchup. His record looked a little bit better than mine because he'd four people who were three and all, four and zero, five five and ones, while well, my opponent's records weren't great. Uh, not through like a try and just there wasn't many of there. Of course, yeah. So I I do think originally I was probably in the contender series, I was there to lose for him. Because he'd fought in these big fight pass shows, his record was good. I think for me to get beat off him he was a 5 and zero guy, he'd beat, signed at the UFC, exciting. So I think they really looked at me and looked, looked at five, and no one thought, "Oh, we'll just stick him in there." And then obviously, um, many people knew us, and then I beat them and got signed. And they were like, "Oh, he must be half good." And then obviously now I'm training with Tom, I got pictures on with Tom and everything. People started like, "Look at you, a little bit more." and Think, "Oh, he must be half decent."
0: It's uh, it's actually amazing, right? That like this has all been a bit of a whirlwind with the contender series now the ufc debut and like i'm hearing about you i'm listening to paul craig's podcast with with chris and ross and they're talking about you all the time like they're going this this guy is going to be savage i had tom on the show a a few months back and he's singing your praises too then obviously phil's there who is one of the most underrated uh, heavyweights in the world as far as i'm concerned the polish slayer over there in ksw just ripping up them boys is it is it crazy? Like, I know you're living this and, you know, this is everyday life for you. But when you take a step back and look at the situation you're in, it must be pretty fucking crazy for you.
1: And, um, yeah, at first, obviously, I um, went to training with Phil. I think I've been at TFT probably like five years or something now. Uh, something like that. And the first time I sparred with Phil, I thought, oh, I'd seen him fight. I thought, oh, I'll do okay with him. And he probably changed his mindset to, like, heavyweight grappling. He just absolutely crushed us. Honestly, I felt like it was the first day of training. And I thought, oh, God, this is a bit different. But then, training with him day and day I have, like, loads better off training with him, I feel like. Uh, I mean, wrestling, Gratman's come on, like, leaps and bounds with him. Obviously, like, he's been top of Europe for the last 15 years, heavyweight. He's, like, just been stable. There, so everyone's knew him. Uh, and, obviously, in Poland, he's huge, killing all them guys. And, like, they're lucky to go past two rounds with him. So, even me, the... the Potentially challenging for rounds, like great for us. So I started training with him, and then Paul Cray came down and said, Saying a little bit of his fighting, he was in the UFC, I started training with him. And like, at first, start, I was like, Look at these guys, you train with them, like, like Tommaso Knight, you see them with Kelly, you see how good they are. And then you start like being a little competitive with them in rounds and like start doing things a bit better against them. Then I start thinking, Oh, I'm, I'm half decent at this, you know, like I'm doing okay with these guys and absolutely killing it. And then I'm quite lucky I didn't take away a lot from them. So I'm learning constantly because obviously Tom's like, doing amazing at the minute. Obviously, Phil's been doing amazing for the last like nine years or something. Uh, and then obviously part of his uh, grappling. So I managed to take away a few things all the time. I'll go away, I'll go and train with them, spar with them. I'll come back to UV Fisher. If I have been caught in something or I'm getting stuck in a certain position, I'll tell him and then we'll drill it like hell back home and say, I'll try this and I'll get to go away and practice with these guys. So I'm constantly seeing myself like evolving.
0: It's amazing, it's crazy and is there like, I mean I know you guys are built different than civilians like me but but is it daunting when, as you said you're you're describing your record and you're like these guys are kind of like journeymen and then suddenly you're jumping in against a 5-0 guy like is that daunting? Like as a guy so young in his career, right? Like is that like a holy shit moment for you when you're about to do something like that?
1: Uh, I always felt like I was pretty good but I just couldn't get the match up to so a lot of people would be thinking oh he's just fighting like whoever and that it wasn't feel like a try, and I used to offer me purse out the loads, like a few fights I didn't wow. appear, I was just like, I'll say I'll pay them to fight them, it was still Jesus hard, I understand Christ. because at heavyweight, if you are all 3-0-4-0, you're on the cusp of big shows so to fight somebody else, that's pretty good, I understand why they sort of do it, the better ones, because if you get like, say like, look, six fights, i like, in the UFC, so I think a lot of heavyweights probably think oh, well like, hold off the hard fights, and we're not getting paid to the bigger shows, so I understand why there's but yeah, I just always felt like, oh, I need like a good opponent, to show was off. And then I knew Eduardo was obviously my hardest test and that uh, he was good. And then that, that makes sometimes when you fight people who aren't as good as you, I'd say, like sometimes you get dragged down a little bit, you don't get sure like how good you are. And then um with him, I remember thinking, oh, like he's rather than the big show and the UFC coming, it was more like, oh, can we first test test myself and then obviously got through that and thinking, Oh, move on now. And obviously in the UFC there's not gonna be no like journeyman now, they're all going to be decent.
0: Well, what do you think of this guy, Jamal Pogues, or you're um, You're booked in against? Like, I mean, are you the type of guy that will go and watch a lot of tape with Andrew and kind of take that to the guys you're training with then? Or do you just like to get in there and, and feel it out as you go?
1: Well, for most of my opponents, I've thought I've just been working on myself and fixing things. Then I thought Eduardo, I thought coming off a game plan against him. And then so with Jamal and i want, like, the same again I'll come up with a game plan against them. Uh I'd seen him fight in the contender kind because of, he won the contender series twice. Uh didn't sign him the first time at light heavyweight and signed him at heavyweight. And I was watching all the heavyweights in the contender series anyway. So I thought i will probably get matched up with somebody like that. So I think I originally watched his fight obviously got matched with him and watched these fight again and thought oh I've seen this and then he he fought once the UFC and won. So watched little bits and then I think it's a good matchup. Like he's probably a little bit more experienced than me. Like Had one fight in the UFC and won. He's 10-3. and But yeah, I think I know what he's good at. So I've got a game plan to hopefully negate them things. And then I know what I'm good at. So I think it's a good matchup as well for the first one.
0: You're a very friendly man. And obviously this is the first time I'm talking to you. And um, I I keep seeing these pictures of uh, Tom and the lads and he sent me some pictures himself he has some six foot six dude in there with a beard and he's legitimately terrifying looking and you see this group <laughs> you see this group of lads they're all giants and they're all like just after finishing training session and it's a terrifying thing to look at but i know tom i know phil quite well i've talked to them for many years so i'm th- I'm thinking about now i've met you too making you fit in i tried to christen the team Team BFG, big friendly giant. But <laughs> I don't like I tried it online. I flo- floated it out there. I think it's I think it's an old man thing that I even know what the BFG is because people aren't buying it. I think that's a pretty <laughs> cool name, though.
1: No? Yeah, definitely there's some nice fellas, but oh, there's some terrifying guys. You know, the giant um uh, Mindy's like six foot nine foreign fella. <laughs> he's like terrifying, and they've got a big uh pet like about the battle of the Day, he was like a big power lifter on so he grapples that now he's good. Big Ben, he's like 150k
0: that's the dude with the beard, right? That's the terrifying
1: yeah, one. Yeah, I bet. well there's Ben, there's a lad called Mindy as well, who's a giant, like a six foot nine giant. He's like just terrifying. But yeah, there's Ben, he's 150k. So he's like the strongest guy ever. So like just to go down and like have them type of people, there's no easy rounds where you can be like, Oh, I'll jump with him, but all pushing you. And like obviously it was Tom being there. And then uh fellow coming down now as well. Look like a good mix of guys. So you can jump in, like, there's no easy rounds, all around the are hard down
0: there. Yeah, it's 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 just an incredible thing to see because I've not seen training rooms like that in Europe. Basically, I have never seen a training room. Maybe some of the Polish lads in KSW have it because they have a lot of big guys over there. But it's certainly in the UK and Ireland. I have never seen an assembly of guys like that in my life. Like, is is that unique for a guy who's in the game, like yourself? Like, is this a very unique thing to have?
1: I think it's crazy. I think me and Phil actually really looked really like us two together. So, like to get like five or six. And there's a guy from was Paul Elliott, who was signed at one FC heavyweight. He's just started coming training with me and Phil. So even at TFT, we, we get three or four some days in a wrestling session. um uh, me made Bull who's always training because he's a big guy. So we get four, and that's crazy. Then they go down nine sometimes I have seven, and eight, it's like insane. Like Phil's traveled all over now training in America, and he says you'll not even get that in America sometime under these huge gyms.
0: It's crazy, and 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 good old Andy Aspinall at the at the, the helm of it all. It's crazy, dude. But Tell me this, right? I keep on saying it. And I say, I've i said this, you know, me and me and Ariel Hawane have a show on Spotify. We talk about this all the time. Tom's so friendly, so approachable. But is it all a front mic? Is he actually a diva behind the scenes? Is he in there going crazy, asking you to take pictures of him to oil him up before photo shoots? Like, is he actually a diva behind it all? That's what I want to know.
1: I'd love to say he is, but he's lovely. He is great. He's a great guy. It's a funny being I love to give him a bit of widening up and stuff like that, but uh, no, he's, he's generally a really, really nice guy.
0: <laughs> Man, it's cool.
1: I wish I had some inside information, for Evan. Uh, he's a nice guy.
0: I'd love to get a good story about Tom and hang him out to dry and expose him to the world. That's going to be my goal as a media guy for the rest of my life, I think.
1: If ever there's like something that he can't do, Big Ben's always like, we've actually found something he can't do, so I think he's just good at everything, one of them who's lovely
0: how good is he because obviously lots of guys like I, I i spoke to guys from kelvin when he when he actually returned to mma because he was in cage warriors first but these guys are all like 135 pound 150 pound guys like hard like of course he's class to them like he's just throwing them around like little puppies <laughs> probably but what's he like to a to a guy a goliath like yourself what's it like training with him is he this good because a lot of people as you know have him tipped to be the next uh uk champion in the ufc
1: yeah, he's, he's that good. Like, after I first went to him at Kelborn. He just was in k He maybe going signed at UFC. That's when I first started training, sparring with him. And uh, my mate had been there at Kelborn and said, Oh, he's, he's fast, man. But I can tell you now how fast he is for a big guy. And you see it. But it is sometimes, even I've sparred from him all the time. Even sometimes now, I'm like, Jeez, I didn't even see that. So, like, that's exactly his attribute. He's incredibly fast. But even in the grappling, like, he's so well rounded. Like, there's no holes in his game. And you are, he's such an athletic player. Uh, Guy for being big, he's like he's strong and he's incredibly,
0: incredibly fast for his size. So, you expect him to do the business against Ty
1: Definitely. I, I feel that's what I was saying to him. I feel training him with Tom, who's like probably the fastest heavyweight out there. I've got Big Phil, who's probably the strongest heavyweight out there. Like, I've trained with so many people now, and I've never felt anyone as strong as Big Phil. When he gets all yeah, honestly, it's something else. Even guys who are bigger than him. Him on top of you, I've never felt pressure like it. He's just. Been, I go into fights, I always think, they're going to be strong, it's going to be hard time, they're going to be like as strong as Phil. And then whenever they the gripped all of us, if I've all of them, they're never, ever as strong as Phil, so Phil's so much easier.
0: <laughs> you, you even see it when Phil's fighting in KSW, because I'd watch a lot of the KSW fights and you see guys like Oli Enchuk and you see guys like Narcoon. When they're fighting other guys, like they are ragdolling them. And then suddenly, like you can see the look of horror on their face once like Phil gets mount on them or just puts them on their back. They're yeah. just like, ah, oh, shit, I'm here. I'm not going to move now for the rest of this fight.
1: Everyone knows he doesn't like lie what he's going to do. Everybody knows he's going to come in and take you down. And then I think everyone's just like, oh, we just blast wrestling. So you've actually been with him and you feel him get a hold of you. I think everybody does the same thing. They might defend one, then he comes back with a set one, the think, This guy is really, really strong, and then when he's if he gets you down, he's on top of others. I don't think there's many in the world who'll get that up. Like
0: no, yeah, I agree with you. And you know what? I I don't think he is desperate for this at all because KSW treated him really well, and I know he's getting well paid there. And obviously, he's the king of kings over there. He's beaten champions from every division (laughs) at this stage. But I would have loved to see him get a second crack um at the UFC now like with his head right like the way he's changed his life basically since his first run such a young man the first time he went in and he's a completely different dude now it, like is it is that something that like you guys kind of talk about in camp or do you think he's happy where he is like he is obviously the main man at KSW now
1: I think he obviously loves where he's at like it's crazy over here like yes we well, were down in Wigan at a food place and the chef came out instantly and asked like, with a piece of paper and was like, oh, can you sign this? And I was like, oh, it's Polish. And Phil so was like, oh, of course. He's like the f- most famous man in Poland. And props to Phil. He came back the next week and got him an a signed shirt and top and give it to the guy. So he's lovely. But honestly, if there's a Polish people out there, they're like, it's so big in Poland. Like the first time I flew over Fisher, was like, oh, he's a big deal. And then the airport stopped him for pictures. And then like, he's picture all over. And then like, the dude generally love it. He's like the most famous man in Poland. And Then like he comes back to England, and he definitely gets noticed a little bit around here. But in Poland he's like a mega celebrity. So I think he likes so that I think he likes the fact that he's big over there and he comes home and can have like a normal life with his kids and yeah his uh, girlfriend. But I do think probably in the back of the mind, he probably has he thinks about it all the time because he would like not many people in the UFC the heavyweight, there's not many grave grapplers as well. So I feel mm. like if he could get them down, he could beat probably anybody in his dear. So I don't know. I think he's He's definitely happy. It would be a massive risk for him to go to the UFC and start again, really, for where he's at now. So I think he's happy at KSW. As long as he treat him well, I don't see why he'd leave.
0: Absolutely. Um, man, it's it's just amazing, as I'm thinking, Like with the likes of Fisher, De Vries, Aspinall, the amount of experience you have around you here. And that's probably why you're so composed the way you are. You seem very chilled out ahead of this moment. <laughs> but. Is is like have you been watching the UFC Londons like would you have watched them with your mates and Me? now suddenly you're going to be on this card
1: I went to the very first one uh Tom V Volkov I think it was the first one and I managed to get tickets down with my three friends and uh, one of the biggest like as well so it was better it was <laughs> amazing atmosphere obviously it was absolutely chopper block I remember like uh watching the fights and they were all I min mean, finishes the first one I think they were all party finishes I think that's I the best that. UFC
0: London ever I think that card is the best UFC London they've ever done honestly
1: I think that would be hard to beat because I mean, it was just finish after finish. Everybody performed. I think everybody got bonuses. And then I remember leaving the O2, uh, walking back for the and just like, it was like, now when you, you see football matches and there's still like thousands of people on the streets, it was like that. People jumping all over, singing and chanting. And then, I remember I did think they were, all you know, pretty cool to fight, like, in a place like this. And I went to the second one, the Blades and one, one. I was at that one. But I was fighting the contenders. series. I didn't drink that time so I got attacked tatted in. So, bad. so probably, just, Watch the fights more and I remember thinking like oh, it's gonna be crazy to walk out on this and then won the contender series and then my first fight to be in London which is amazing because now with the UFC it can be a lot of shows in America now so I might not get a chance to fight into like a home crowd for a while so definitely excited to fight out in London.
0: Man that's crazy and were you booing Tom when he uh when he obviously took the easy way out of that fight against Blades and faked <laughs> in the injury where you're going boo Tom. Fuck you! <laughs> Give me my money back. <laughs> uh, it was
1: a massive. I think uh, it didn't go that well for the English fighters. That uh, no, time, I think. yeah, was Tom injured? But uh, no, I think he took the time out, of Tom, and now he's like a hundred percent healed. So I think it was probably good in a way as well because, by the sounds of things, he's probably he's always had a bit of a compromised knee. Yes, yes, he's been basically fighting with one knee. And he's amazing. So now he's got two knees. So what he's going to be now? <laughs>
0: I'm I'm sorry to end this on a cliche question, uh, Mick, but this is this is what we do in this hor- horrible business I'm in. But what is your prediction <laughs> for your fight with Jamal Bogues at UFC London, sir?
1: Well, I'm definitely going to win. Uh, other than that, I think I'm, I've definitely seen him go three rounds, so uh, he's durable. So I'll always be for three rounds, but I do think me pressure will really start feeling a little bit. So I always think maybe I think it'll be a set-round finish for Jamal.
0: Are you going to sub him again? Are we going to see more of that grappling action we saw in the Contender Series? I
1: don't know. I will say what goes, huh? A knockout a submission, that's uh, fine by me.
0: Well, Mick, it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you. I'm buzzing to see your full UFC debut and uh, delighted that you could shed some light on Team BFG. It's going to stick. Big, friendly giant. I'm, <laughs> it's going to stick. But um, thank you so much and I hope to hear from you again post-UFC London when you've got your first UFC win in the bag. Definitely. Thanks so much, man. Big thank you to Mick Parkin. Really great guy. So, you know, Team BFG, he fits right in there. Another big, terrifying dude that also happens to be incredibly friendly. Thank you so much to Mick. I'm really looking forward to that debut. I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who has been listening and for everyone who has been reviewing and all that stuff, they're subscribing. Cause it's been really, really great to see, um, you know, blown away by the feedback we're getting. We're really happy with everything that happened in the first week here, and uh, very exciting times here with myself, Oscar, and TST in his consultancy role, of course. But um, yes, thank you to everyone uh, who has been interacting with the show. I appreciate all the shares and all the retweets and everything he's can do. It's you know, it helps the. The word spread about the podcast, so all of that is greatly appreciated. Please continue to do so. Um, I'm actually going to head to this Kingpin boxing Car this weekend. Where I spoke to one of the guys who runs it. I'm going to see Kiefer and Aaron fight, I guess. Looking forward to it. You know, anyone who has been listening to The Crack for a long time will, will have heard Kiefer's interview a few months back. Very interesting option just to present itself for Kiefer, you know, as he looks to get himself in the UFC too. So I'm looking forward to seeing that, seeing how it goes down. Very different world than the one I'm used to, I think. I'm going to have to get Donna Carby to talk me through everything. Maybe I'll bring an old recorder and we will do a bit of a, a chat with Donna after the show or something. But um, yes, thank you to Mick Parker. We'll be back on Thursday. Keep up all your amazing work, sharing and liking and reviewing the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'll see you on Thursday. Lots of love. Mwah.